Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Hey, great to see everybody. We're in the year 2020. Anyone wrote it wrong yet? Anybody? Anyone wrote it down wrong yet when you went to write the date? Yeah, a couple people. You went, oh, it's 2020. Hey, it's 2020. Great to see you guys. You're looking fantastic. And uh, we're here in church. And I'm excited to, to share a couple thoughts with you. Why don't we pray? And then we'll dive into uh, a couple thoughts from Scripture today. Jesus, thank you for being with us here today. This would be odd ritual if you did not presence yourself. But your word promises that we're two or more gathered there. You are amongst us. So we believe you're here. We believe you're here for a reason. And that uh, you being here in and of itself, is so worthy of praise. What a special gift. I pray that you would speak to us today, that you'd use the the words from Scripture to shape our perspective and to draw our attention. In your name we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen. Why don't you grab your seat today? Fantastic to be with you. Good to see you. I just got, uh, got in from New West. We had a great time this morning at our New West location. They're in a little renovation, and so we were upstairs in a comedy club, and I bombed. I'm telling you, I got up there. I was going to use the mic stand and just tell some stories, but I bombed. Unbelievable. It's good to be here today, and uh, and as we're approaching this new year, you know, I find there's certain, there's certain themes in Scripture that it's like certain times of year remind you of them. You know what I mean? Like we just came through Christmas, and generally speaking at Christmas, we talk about the birth of Jesus. You know, it's just a thing that happens. And, and then we're, we're coming towards Easter in April. We'll, we'll celebrate Easter. And usually around Easter, if you show up in church around Easter, they'll, they'll talk likely about Jesus' death and, and resurrection because it makes sense. That's what the, the season is about. But there, there are certain seasons in the year that always bring me back to the same type of, of Scripture, the same type of place. And so today I want to share a thought with you from, from that. This week, I have uh, begun uh, a Bible study. Remember a few weeks back, we had a friend, Nathan Finocchio, with us. And every year, he leads this Bible study called The Shred. And it's a 30-day study through the Bible. And so over the 30 months to, to start the year reading the Bible. Now, I'm a few days ahead because I like to overachieve. Anyone else like that? Like I, I'm pushing through. I'm going for maybe a 20-day shred. And, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm ahead of the pace, which feels good. And uh, so I've been reading a ton uh, of the Bible. The last, the last number of days I read through the Pentateuch, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and through Joshua. And then I skipped ahead and read some other stuff. And, uh, and, and I see this theme taking place that I want to point us to as we enter into a new season. How many people have, have a goal for this year? Anyone have a goal? We got some goals, resolutions, ideas, thought. Okay. What's, what's your goal? Let's hear it. Eating better. We got a food-related goal. Anyone else have a food-related goal? You got a goal around your diet, a goal maybe you're going to intermittent fast or you're going to, you know, try try a new thing, taking something out of your diet, adding to, I know what you're doing. You just want more poutine this year. It's amazing. That's your goal every year, each and every year so far. You're just crushing it. It's amazing. Fantastic. Anyone else who else has a, a goal this year? Who else you got a, a, a goal for your year? Let's hear it. A Porsche. My goodness, that's not a bad goal. 
a Porsche. Anyone else have have like a a acquisition related goal? You plan to acquire something new this year? You're saving up for or wanting to to own something? Anybody else? You got a goal around around a thing you want to purchase, thing you want to buy? Okay, who else? Who else has a goal this year? I see way in the back. You just have one. You don't want to share it. That's cool. Anyone else? You have a goal? You know, I'm gonna go on a limb and say we might we might uh, be well served to make more goals in our life, people. <laughs> in a room this size, to have, have have we're gonna eat better and drive one Porsche? Like one of us will have a Porsche, one of us will be eating better, and the rest of us are just gonna do the same old thing. Isn't that crazy? How how quickly that can happen? How quickly we can embrace the same old? Like think about it. If I were to give you the choice right now, do you want your life to be better or worse or the same? As much as most of us would say we want our life to be better, we probably live like we want it to just be the same. Like we probably make decisions oriented around keeping the status quo. Because the cost of new is like the discomfort of different. If I'm going to experience new, I have to embrace the discomfort of different. And so for many of us, we set up our life to try to avoid unforeseen differences. And we try to just say, if I could just get a plan together and we budget in a certain way and we live in a certain way and and, and we kind of say, I'm just going to go through the motions again. And so for, for like this fleeting moment around New Year's, we get excited about the thought of new and then January 2nd or 3rd hits, we're like, ah, new would take so much discomfort. New would take so much work. And, uh, and so we can just kind of run it back again. Let's do the same old thing again. You see, for the first five books of the Bible, ultimately what you see is people doing the same old, the same old, the same old. Like it just kind of goes through the, the same motions. Like for the majority of that portion of Scripture, it's the people of Israel wandering through what is referenced as the wilderness. And they spend years doing the same old. Here's what their life looked like. The Bible said during that time, they, they, like their shoes didn't wear out. Which is kind of a weird random fact about the people of Israel in the wilderness. It means they wore the same shoes every day. I, I'm wearing a new pair of shoes today. I'm excited about my... It, it's become, become a tradition in our household. I like this tradition. Every year at Christmas, my kids design a pair of shoes on like the Nike ID store. So I'm pretty pumped about these new uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo shoes. I'm pretty pumped about them. But, but for them, they had the same shoes for 40 years. Every day for 40 years, they would wake up, come out of their tent, and there would be manna on the ground. Manna was the, the food that God provided for them as they wandered in the wilderness. And uh, manna literally meant, what is it? And so it means one day they came out and they walked on like, oh, what is that? And like normal people, they're like, we should just try putting it in our mouths. And so they like, I found something on the ground. I don't know what it is. Let's eat it. And it, the Bible says it tasted like coriander seed and honey. And so for, for 40 years, they lived off the same diet. And uh, they had the same view, which is wilderness. And uh, and they also had the same leader. His name was Moses. Moses was an incredible leader. Moses is like the greatest leader in that time. Moses uh, was the only educated person in the entire group of people. So there's about 600,000 people and one person amongst them who would have been educated in like the Egyptian standard. He knew hieroglyphics. Like he was smart. 
Moses was also older than all of them. Uh, the, the Bible says that, that he came to set them free from slavery when he was 80 years old. And so there's this group of people enslaved in Egypt, and Moses shows up, and he says, I, I come with a message from God, and the message is that you need to let my people go. And uh, he's speaking face-to-face with Pharaoh, who was the leader of the known world, the most powerful man on the planet. And Pharaoh simply just said, no, not going to do it. And then Moses said, okay, you've been warned. Like, I don't know. It's like when some old guy walks up to the leader of the known world and says, you've been warned. Like, I, okay, cool. But then day in and day out, these plagues came against Egypt. And, and, and Moses just kept saying, hey, Pharaoh, just so you know, God's really serious about this. You need to let, let his people go. And if you don't, there's another plague coming. And, and, and God, he interacts against Pharaoh in this like head-to-head combat. And he takes on Pharaoh and, and, and the plagues. I don't know if you've ever seen the Prince of Egypt or if you've ever studied the book of Genesis and Exodus. And, and, but you see what, what took place here is that one by one there's different plagues like frogs and fleas and boils and hail and all these crazy things. And not only was God proving his dominance, he was also taking on the pantheon of gods that was the Egyptian pantheon. They had a god of frogs. And, and God's like, just so you know, you guys worship an idol that is shaped like a frog. I'm the God of frogs. <laughs> they had a God of fleas. He's like, I don't know what a God, like we're bowing down at the, the idol of the God of fleas. I don't know if it looked like a flea, but there was actually a God over the fleas, a God over the flies, a God over the boils, boils, a God over hail. They had all these gods and, and, and the living God was just saying, I just want you to know there's only one. And he was doing this all through this person, Moses. Amazing. So Moses says this, I want to want to lead God's people into the wilderness that they might worship him. Side note, the wilderness was intended to be a place of worship. Anybody here feel like 2019 was a bit of a wilderness for you? If you've been really honest, you felt like you wandered around a little bit. You felt like it was a dry time. Like sometimes we say things like this, I'm just in a really dry season. <laughs> it's like a churchy thing to say, right? I'm in such a dry season. And he said, so I was like, well, drink more water. But, but, but check this. The wilderness was always, only, ever intended to be a place for us to worship God. That's it. That's it. It's not, it's not intended to be a place of, you know, feeling, feeling really sore for ourselves. It's not intended to be a place of wandering. The only reason they wandered is because God said this, guys, I've got something better for you. On the other side of the wilderness, there's something better. This is a word for somebody today. On the other side of your wilderness, God has something better for you. But they got into the wilderness, and they said, "They said, man, God's not with us. And he goes, hold up. Do you remember the plagues? Yeah, but we're thirsty now. And so then Moses, who was the leader, he, he would, like, people were like, well, you brought us out here. We got no water. And so Moses said, well, well, tell you what. God's with me. God's with you, actually. He's on your side. So I'm going to take my stick here. I'm going to hit a rock. When I hit this rock, enough water is going to come out of this rock that everyone's going to have enough water to drink, and then you'll know that God's with you. So then he did it. Water comes out, and they're like, whoa, God is with us. It's amazing. And then a few days later, they got hungry, and they're like, unbelievable. God's not with us. We're hungry. This is crazy. And it says this. They sat around complaining, and the things they complained about are so funny. It's like they sat around like, remember back when we were in Egypt? We just sat around pots of meat. <laughs> I don't know if you find that. I find that funny. Just sat around eating pots of meat and like onions. It actually says this in the Bible. And cucumbers and leeks. Like they started naming random vegetables that they missed. 
And they were missing out on the fact that God was providing for them. They're like, it's been like 38 years, and I'm still wearing the same pair of shoes, and it hasn't worn out. That's crazy. That's a miracle. And every day, bread falls from the sky. And, and, and when we're thirsty, water shoots out of rocks. And, and when we were being chased by the, our assailants from Egypt, God parted the Red Sea. And, and when we were in Egypt and they weren't going to let us go, God took on their pantheon. God is powerful and he's with us. And he has promised something better for us. But they continually complained. And because of their complaint, the wilderness became a place of wandering. I just want to warn you and tell you this. Maybe 2019 was a place of wandering for you. And it felt like a place of wilderness. Don't let it be a wandering time. Whenever you, you walk through wilderness, let it trigger you to worship. Go, oh, that's my, my cue. It's time to worship God. It's time to honor God. It's time to remember that he's for me. He's my provision. It's time to draw near to God. Because on the other side of this wilderness, there is a promise. On the other side of this wilderness, there's something better in store for me. Do you believe that today? A couple of you don't, but hopefully by the time we're done, you will. God has something better for you. He really does. He has something exciting for you in your future. I, I get so excited about, about new seasons because they remind us of, of new promises. New seasons, they carry hope with them. Do you know what's interesting is that today was yesterday's tomorrow. Think about that. Yesterday you were thinking about tomorrow, and today was what you were thinking about. Today is also tomorrow's yesterday. That's a mind bender. Think about this. Today we are living in tomorrow's yesterday. And there's a lot of people who don't do anything today because today seems so light and insignificant. Like, oh, what's the difference? I'm already super in debt. I might as well just buy three. <laughs> you're online shopping. You're like, what's the difference? What would today make any difference anyway? It's like, I'm, I'm so out of shape. What could I do today that would possibly make a difference in, in the, the state of health I'm in right now anyway? Ah, my, my relationships are so shot. What would be the point of even trying to forgive? What would be the point of even trying to communicate? What's the point? What can I actually accomplish today? Well, here's what you can do, and here's my challenge for us as we enter in this new year. Let's live today so that tomorrow's yesterday can be a good memory. Come on, let's make decisions today so that tomorrow we look back on yesterday and go, that was a good day. I, I made a step that day. I took a step towards the destiny that God has for me today. We, we get some urgency in our hearts saying, I want to be about the things that God has called me to. And so the reason that this particular story always resonates for me into a new season is it was because at the end of the book of, you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you get to the end of that book and, and Moses' time as the leader is coming to an end. You see, the thing about normal is it's trustworthy. You know what I'm talking about? Normal routine. You might not like your routine right now. You might not like your job right now, but you know exactly how much money is hitting your account every two weeks. You don't like the number, but you know what it is. You with me? You don't, you don't like it like it's an uncomfortable amount, but at least you know what it is. And so we can get locked into the consistent. But at the end of this season of real consistency, Moses' time as the leader is coming to an end. And Moses is passing on leadership to a guy named Joshua. Can everyone say Joshua? Now, interestingly, Joshua had been a servant to Moses for 40 years. This is a different message, but a good one, is that, that Joshua had served one person for 40 years before he was ready to serve the nation. For a lot of us, we, we just think, if I could be in a position of leadership, then I could make a difference. Well, leadership is ultimately service. So wherever you are today, begin to serve the people in your life. <sighs> but there's only like one person in my life. Serve that person. 
and, and watch what God will do. So at the end of these 40 years of serving, now, now Moses is giving leadership to Joshua. And for all the people their whole life, all they had known is Moses. He's the leader. Moses crazy. Moses like talks to God. Unbelievable. Moses led, led us through like plagues. He led us through the Red Sea. He hits rocks and water shoots out. This guy talks to God. And then he's, he's putting Joshua in position. So with Joshua, first words that God speaks to Joshua, Moses goes up on top of the mountain, he dies. He's like, did I come to a history lesson? Sort of. It's like a history TED Talk. There you go. Caught up. Joshua, first thing God speaks to him. Ready? Joshua chapter 1. God speaks to the new leader of these people. 600,000 people who the only, only existence they've known is, is wandering through the wilderness in the same pair of shoes, eating the same diet every day, looking at the same view every day, just doing the same old, same old. And then God speaks to Joshua. He says this, Moses is dead. It's his first words. Moses is dead. just want to tell you, 2019, it's gone. It's dead. Like, like that year was what it was. For some, maybe it was a hallmark year. You're like, I crushed it this year. Cool, but it's dead. For others, you're like, oh, that was my worst year. I stumbled over and over. I was like a living fail video the whole year. Like, I failed in my relationships. I failed in my finances. I failed in my sobriety. I failed in everything. I just, like, fallen all over the place. Well, good news. 2019 is dead. And then he says this, now then. I just think there's something so powerful about a fresh start. God is always bringing us into the present. He's saying, don't live in your past. I want to bring you and pull you into the present. Now then, here's what God is calling you to. Do you know that there's an immediacy about the call of God? There's something God is calling you to today. Now then, he goes, Joshua, now then, I'm about to take you a place you've never been before. Can someone say the new? Come on, can everyone say the new, new? Turn to the person beside you and say the new, new. God is calling you into something new, like the new, new. It's fresh. It's different. God, God is, is he's not boring. There's some people like, oh, my Christian walk is so boring. I don't know if you're walking with God because, because where he goes, it's exciting. It's a perspective thing. And, and it's so easy for us to look backwards and go, oh, remember when we sat around eating onions? And God's like, I have more in store for you than a blooming onion. I've got, I've got a promised land for you to occupy. I've got battles for you to win. I've got cities for you to build. I've got, I've got ideas for you to envision. I've got family for you to have. I've got a legacy for you. You have to leave the old in order to step in to the new. So Moses is dead. Next time your, your past tries to remind you of your failures, you just need to say, oh, Moses is dead. Next, next time, you know, somebody tries to remind you of a mistake you made in the past, like, all due respect, I love you, glad that you have such a clear, vivid memory. It's amazing. Like, your, your recall is fantastic, but my past is behind me. Like, I, I'm, I'm living in the now. I'm living going forward. Now, I'm not saying you're not responsible for decisions that you make. Certainly, the people of Israel had learned a bit about responsibility, 40 years of wandering. But there needs to come a point where you set out and say, I'm not going to wander anymore. I'm stepping into the new. Check this out. Book, book of, of Joshua chapter 3. Turn with me, if you would, there. And uh, that's the, the grand setup to this one singular thought I want to share today. If you're taking notes, just write this, this one thought down. Today for tomorrow. Today for tomorrow. 
throughout the entire month of January, we're just going to look at this one, this one word, the word tomorrow. Thinking about tomorrow, our legacy. Thinking about our future. Thinking about the promise of God. Thinking about where we're headed. Thinking about that goal, that vision, that mission that God has us on. And He is calling us to live today for tomorrow. To live with the, the future perspective in mind. You know, in the Bible, it, 205 times it uses the word today. 205 times there's a, this present immediacy about what is being spoken. And about 54 times it, it speaks of tomorrow. Me, meaning the vast majority of the focus of Scripture is about right here and now. What are you doing right now? But then there's these moments where God's like, what you're doing right now, I just want to give you some perspective. It's taking you there. What you're doing right now is valuable because if you keep on doing this, you're going to get there. Some people, you've lived this. You've lived this in, in like a story of, of sobriety. You've lived this in a story of health. You've lived this perhaps in recovering from an injury or a sickness or, or a disease. You've lived this in your relationship where you continued to make micro decisions day in, day out, and it brought you to the place that you were aiming to be. For some, just you need to, to hold on. Don't lose heart. You're going to get there. Keep on doing those things. So God's speaking to Joshua. We're going to pick up Joshua chapter 3 in a minute. He continually has told him this, be strong and courageous. If you've ever uh, read the book of Joshua, you've heard that. And that statement that is said over and over, and God says, be strong and courageous. And then like a sentence later, he goes, be very strong and courageous. And then like a sentence later, he goes, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? In other words, Joshua maybe struggled with strength and courage a little bit, and God's having to like, come on. You got this. He's a great personal trainer, is God, isn't he? Be strong and courageous. Interesting thing is this word strong, it means this, to make a resolution. God is saying to Joshua, make a resolution. What resolution? That you have courage. Make a resolution. Be resolute. Come back to that same solution. You do have courage. For some of you who were part of church at home last week, and we gathered in, in homes all across the city, and people even from around the world were tuning in to part of, of what was happening here at Vivid. I just shared that thought. Resolution is this, to come back to the same solution. Like, like most of the decisions we need to make in life, we already knew we need to make. Are you with me? And we're looking for like some new exciting thing to surprise us. The truth is if we just, like, let's get some rest. Let's watch what we put into our mind. Let's be aware of what's coming out of our mouths. You know, the way we're speaking to people. Let's forgive people. Let's maybe save sometimes and not spend. Like, like, like really simple things, right? Let, let's not have fourths. Stop it at thirds. Thirds is good. You know what I mean? Like, like let's, let's get up a little bit earlier. Let's go to bed a little bit earlier. It'd be simple things we already kind of know to do. And so here's what God's saying to Joshua. Make this resolution. Courage. You will have courage. You will lead these people into courage. Check out what it says in Joshua chapter 3. I love this. This has uh, got me real excited this, this week. Check this out. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. <clears throat> Different message. Be a great one. Got to get out of Shittim. Okay. They set out from Shittim, and they went to Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp and they gave these orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, the Levitical priest carrying it out, you're to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been that way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Don't go too near it. 
Then Joshua told the people this, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Could you underline that in your Bible? Joshua 3, chapter 3, verse 5. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. One more time. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I don't know if you use the word consecrate very much in, in, in your day-to-day language. The word consecrate means to separate yourself. It means to, to step away from your ordinary. It means to get out of what is your comfortable. It means to make some different differentiating decisions, to be separated from the average, to be separated from the normal. God is saying this, tomorrow I'm going to do something amazing. And if you're going to be a part of it, you need to separate yourselves today. For the people in that time, it meant this. Decisions around like their hygiene, decisions around their diet, decisions around the way they kept their home, decisions around the the things that they were focused on, decisions around the way they worked. It was like really simple things. Make simple decisions today to be different. I want to challenge us as a church. Let's make some simple decisions to be different. Let's consecrate ourselves. Let's not just go with the path of of least resistance. Let's just not take the easy way out of every circumstance. Let's not just take the easy way and just bail out of everything that's difficult. God says this, get yourself ready because I'm about to do something amazing. That word amazing, uh, one translation says this, God is going to do wonders among you. One says this, God is going to do miraculous among you. Hey, what? Interesting, the the word actually means God is going to do something separate. How crazy is that? God says this, I want you to separate yourself because I'm about to do something separate. I want you to get ready for extraordinary because I'm about to do something outside of the ordinary. I want you to lose your taste for the average because I'm about to do something exceptional and I want you to be a part of it. So I say to us today, Vivid Church, what do we need to do to consecrate ourselves? Like not just as a community, but as individuals. What do I need to do to set myself apart, to separate myself from that normal doldrum routine of just going back through the same old motions? What do I need to do different so I can experience what God is about to do? What he was about to do was something he had never seen before. God was about to take them into the new, new. He was about to do something brand new in their lives. But before they could experience it, they needed to consecrate themselves they needed to separate themselves they needed to set themselves apart this whole year our theme has been this simple statement be about it be about it that would be one way to talk about consecrating consecrating like let's actually put action to the things we know to do let's live out our faith with a little bit of tenacity let's put some energy behind the things that we believe let's get ready because god is about to do something new And in this particular passage, God was about to take them in to a land that they would possess, a place they had never been, a place they had only dreamt of. And so he gives these two instructions, and these are our two points today, two things I want us to see. First of all, he says this, see the Ark of the Covenant. You're like, what is the Ark of the Covenant? Well, glad you asked. (laughs) Amazing. It is God said this, like, I'm, I'm awesome in power, omnipotent. All present, when God showed up and he spoke to Moses, like the mountain they were on shook and trumpet sounded and fire came from heaven. And it was too too spectacular for people to experience. It was just too much. And so God said this, here's what I want you to do. Build a box 
And if ever you wonder where is God, you can know I'm there. Like it's interesting. We're like, don't put God in a box. But he was actually the first to put himself in a box, literally. He's like, just build a box. It's got to be beautiful. It was covered with gold and it had like cherubim carved in it and stuff. There was a particular way they should treat it. And inside that box was the, the, uh, the Ten Commandments had been placed and the mercy seat was in there when they went out. But, but here's the thing. God said, I'll just, I'll presence myself there. I'll be there. Have you ever asked yourself the question, where are you, God? No? Wow. You guys are just so compliant in your lives. Amazing. Like everything that happens is great. Have you ever asked that question like, where's God now? So for these people, whenever they ask that question like, where's God? They're like, oh yeah, where's the box? Oh, there he is. I know where God is. He's in the the ark. And the instruction given to them was this. Fix your eyes on where God's at. Focus your attention on the ark because that's where God is. And then secondly, second thing, follow. So so watch Jesus and follow Jesus. That's our instruction for the year. If we're going to make a resolution for courage, we need to watch Jesus. We need to follow Jesus. We need to watch what God is doing, and then we need to live like it. We need to watch where he's going, and then we need to put our energy and attention towards it. And so he says, watch me and follow me. The instruction given was that they would take that ark into the, the river, the Jordan River, at the highest time of year. Now here's the thing. This was a really impractical strategy that God had. It didn't make much sense. I don't know about you, sometimes I think the, the plans of God just don't make sense. Like if God really wanted to get his point across, why didn't he just like, you know, force himself? That'd make more sense, right? To us that would just make more sense. Just If God just dominated everyone, then we'd know he was powerful, but yet he chooses to come as, as a baby. And it's like humble and meek and mild. Interesting. In our own lives, sometimes we assume this must not be God because it's difficult. But here it was at the worst time of year when the the river was at its flood height. God's like, here's where I'm taking you. We got to go across this river at the worst time of year. They're like, God, we have been here 40 years. We've watched this river. It's low sometimes. It's high sometimes. This is one of the high times. Why didn't you call us three months ago? Why don't we wait another month? Like certainly there's got to be a better time for us to, to step into the unknown. I think for some people in the room right now, God's calling you to something new and you're like, oh, it can't be God because it would be so uncomfortable. It can't be God because it's so illogical. It can't be God's timing because it would be so impractical. Why would I do that now in my life? Like why would I step out now to be a witness in my life? Like I haven't even got my, my act together yet. I just do it when it's more practical. But here's God leading them through this impractical time when the the river is at flood height. Do you remember skipping when you were a kid? Skipping, right? People have the the jump rope and there's two people going and then you're just kind of sitting like this, trying to get the timing right. You know, and if you get it wrong, you get all tangled up. You're like, okay, start again, start again. Okay, here it comes. Here's my moment. There's some people just so good at it, right? They could just jump in at any time. I was not one of those people. Like, I am heavy-footed. Like, I had to get that plan just right. You're getting the time. It's, it's like the people going, like, God, it's just all the wrong timing. This is not the right time to jump in. But if Jesus is leading the way, it's always the right time to jump in. Like, if, if he's going there, then it's the right time. Like, well, this is not the right time. 
for me to make like a, 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 a big decision in my life around faith. Because I'm in my educating season. I'm in my career season. I'm in my, my relationship season. This would not be the right time for me to make a bold move like that. But if Jesus is leading there, it is the right time. So make a resolution to be courageous. Step out. Follow his lead. And so, so they, they step into the river. When they step into the Jordan River, the Bible says this, that the water stacks up on itself. Like, like it congeals. It stops moving. It's at flood height. It would drag them all away. There was no way to cross the Jordan. But when, they, when the presence of God stepped into the river, the river stopped. And the Bible says this, the water stacked up on itself all the way back to a city called Adam and stopped flowing towards the Dead Sea, which is a picture of salvation, that from Adam all the way to death, people have been caught up in sin, but Jesus stepped in the middle and stopped that flow so that we could cross over. That is a beautiful thing, that we could cross out of death and wilderness into the promised land only because of Jesus. He stopped He stopped that flow from Adam to death. But here's the thing. like It was there, and there was this wall of water. Moments before, they had seen it rushing by, and now they were supposed to step out in it. I don't know about you, that'd be scary. That'd be terrifying. Like, I just saw that water moving. This is, I don't know how this is happening, but if it stopped for even just a second, we're done. See, that's the thing. Sometimes we think people of faith have no fear. And we're like, if I just, I don't have that faith because I still feel scared. Guess what? Faith is still scary. Faith is, like, living a life of faith is still terrifying. It's still hard. It's still difficult. It's just saying this, I choose to trust God even when I don't feel like it. That's what faith is. I'm going to choose to trust God even when it does not make sense. And we look at people like, wow, they have so much faith. I don't feel that way. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a, a life of conviction. So they stepped out with this wall of water. They're going, Whoo. That's why you got to keep your eyes on Jesus because that is terrifying. That's why. And for some of us this year, we got to step out into some things that are going to be scary. And if we take our eyes off Jesus, it's going to get more terrifying. And if you're waiting for this feeling of fear to pass, you might wait the rest of your life and keep wandering in that wilderness. Step out in faith. Watch Jesus. Follow Jesus. And in the first move of leadership, Joshua took them to a place they had not been before. And in Joshua 3, 7, check this out. He's just said this, tomorrow God's about to do something amazing. Look what it says in Joshua 3, 7. God's speaking to Joshua. He says, today... I'm going to begin to exalt you in the eyes of the entire nation, and they will know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. I want to, I want to speak into your, your future right now. Let's live today for tomorrow. Let's live today thinking about what the impact will be on tomorrow, knowing this, that even today, the little decisions you make today is the beginning of God exalting you in this city, exalting you in this generation, exalting you in your sphere of influence, exalting you in your family and in your workplace, going, I am with them. Man, you're making some hard sacrificial decisions right now, but God is beginning to exalt you. He's beginning to shine a light on your life. He's beginning to put a little exclamation mark over your life saying, I'm, I'm with them. Just as I was with Moses in power, I'm with this person. You watch out for this one. They're going places. You watch out for them. They're, do, they're going somewhere. They're not living in the status quo. They're not wandering through. the. They're going somewhere. So, so yeah, they're saying, saying, saying no to some things that maybe are easy to say yes to. Why be sober today? Because I'm living today for tomorrow. Why be pure today? Being impure is so much easier. Because I'm not living 
for today. My today is for tomorrow. Why be generous today? Certainly, certainly someone has, well, I'm not living today for today. I'm living today for tomorrow. I'm certainly not living today in response to yesterday. I'm living with a vision for tomorrow. So I'm consecrating myself now because tomorrow God's about to do something amazing. I'm separating myself now because tomorrow I want to be a part of what God is doing that's separate from the norm. Check this out. Jesus' first words. The band can come back. Jesus' first words in ministry in the book of Mark. He says this. The time has come and the kingdom is near. Or in other words, I'm approachable. I'm findable. I'm knowable. I'm experiential. We can have relationship. The amazing thing is that up until that point, did you catch that when it says watch the, the Ark of the Covenant? And it says you've got to keep 2,000 cubits. I don't know if you measure things out in cubits. A cubit is, is the point from your fingertip to your elbow. And so 2,000 cubits is about a kilometer. And so what God was saying is that Ark of the Covenant, if I'm going to restrict myself in all my glory, not that I restricted my power, but, but I'm, I'm going to restrict some of the outside effect of what you see, you better not get too close. It's too awesome and too amazing. But then Jesus comes and he goes, guess what? It's even more awesome than you thought. Now I am approachable. Now I am knowable. Now I am relational. And so I'm no longer in a box. In the Old Testament, God put himself in a box, but in the person of Jesus, he said, there is no more box anymore. I can live in your heart. I can live in relationship with you. And so in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says this, verse 1, throw off the things that hinder. means consecrate yourself. Get rid of the things that can entangle you. Consecrate yourself. And then fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith, and for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and scorned its shame. In other words, if I'm going to make a resolution to be courageous, it begins with looking at Jesus, and it continues with following where he goes. Wherever you are, I'm going to ask you if you would, would you stand up on your feet? I'm going to pray for some people here today. In fact, I want to pray for everyone under the sound of my voice and believing that God has a great new for you this year. And that the new is not only to be experienced when the decade comes to a close or when you reach certain milestones, but it would be even in that promise that today God will begin to exalt you. That today, the decisions you make, God will just begin that process of showing the world what he's doing through your life. I'm going to pray and believe that, that today we can make some decisions with tomorrow in mind. Consecrating ourselves. Making some big moves. Making some bold moves because we trust that, that God is on the move and he's doing something amazing. The price of new is the discomfort and the inconvenience of different. But you can do it. We can do this thing together. We can step out into the new new. Wherever you are, why don't you bow your heads? Jesus, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice here in the room and those joining us on our podcast today. I pray that right here and right now, exactly where we find ourselves, that you'd speak encouragement into our souls, into the very essence of who we are, that we'd be reminded today that you have a promise in store for us that is good and is pleasing, that the goals that you have in mind for our lives and the, the dreams you have in mind for our lives are not ordinary, they're separate. They're different. They're special. You've got something beautiful that you have crafted and created just for us. And I ask right here and now that we'd make decisions today to separate ourselves from average so we can live 
and take hold of that new. We can take hold of the promises you have for our life. I know there's some people here today, health is the promise you have for their life. I pray that they would have the courage to take hold of the small steps they need to take to get there. For some of the room, the financial prosperity is like this goal you have for them, this, this dream you have for them, and I pray that you give them the courage today to make the little decisions they need to live in that. For some, the, it's like this beautiful family, this legacy that, that you've got in store for them, and there's a whole bunch of little inconvenient uncomfortable decisions between here and there, but I pray that you give them courage today for what those would be. For some, God, it's establishing like a new standard because they look back in the lineage of their life and their, their parents and their grandparents and beyond, and there's like the same patterns, and you've got this dream for them that they would establish something new, but it's going to take a whole bunch of courage. And for some, it's a business that they've dreamt of, and they just don't know how to get from here to there. It's going to take a whole lot of courage. And for others, you have this, this goal of influence and this promise that you'll use them to influence people and subgroups of people and to bring unity where there, there, there's disunity, but it's going to take a whole bunch of courage to get there. Pray that we would live today with tomorrow in mind. I ask God that we would make the same resolution to be courageous, knowing that you're with us. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.